There's a big difference between encouraging diversity and accepting diversity. So accepting diversity is kind of passive. It's kind of like, oh yeah, the law changed. Now we have to put MFD to our job titles. Uh, I guess if we get around to it, we get around to it. Encouraging diversity is like is more or is more proactive. Um, so it's kind of this like, how can we make di uh, diverse people feel more welcome in our company? Um, let's let's get gender neutral toilet signs. Let's talk about um, the third gender option in our employee contracts. Let's ask employees for their pronouns so we can address them co correctly. Let's talk about biases. Project A podcast. Hello, welcome to the Project A podcast. I'm Rainer, one of the managing directors at Project A, and I'm happy to welcome Molly Barrett today here as a guest. Molly, can you please tell our audience who you are? Sure. Um, my name is Molly Barrett. I'm originally from the US, Chicago specifically. I moved to Berlin about two years ago to pursue my master's degree in business psychology. Right now I'm on my final semester and I'm currently writing my thesis and I started working at Project A about one year ago as a working student in the talent acquisition department. Okay. Um, what I can say is that we are super happy to have you on board um, because you um, like do amazing work and uh, everybody here is super happy with that, but also because um, you involve yourself in uh, topics that are important to us uh, beyond the actual uh, everyday work you're doing here uh, specifically in talent acquisition. Um, with the beginning of 2019, we introduced something new here at Project A, which is that every half a year we are setting a company-wide focus topic, um, something that everybody is supposed to support and, and work on with, with really a focus. And, uh, but it's always something that is very dear to us. Um, the first one that we have defined was um, diversity. Doesn't mean that this topic is only important to us during these six months, but it means that during these six months, uh, we really put that into the spotlight and we ask everybody to work um, on that and do an extra push. Um, in that context, you actually were among the most active in these efforts. What's your motivation? Um, basically, so it comes from kind of this idea to bring value to a company. So as a working student in my field, I don't have so much expertise in that. But um, since we had a diversity topic, that was a really interesting opportunity for me to share some of the knowledge that I do have. And not that I'm an expert in gender, but I do have um, I've invested some time into um, into learning that. So it's a personal um, it's a personal interest and somebody from the LGBTQIA community um, I identify as genderqueer so I've always had this reoccurring question of why is everything so gendered and why does the world revolve on revolve around binary genders um, and binary gender refers to um, to two genders so bi means two and that usually refers to man or woman um, so some things that I've learned over the years. Um, can maybe help kind of like give light to my my company um, and we still have some work to do so there are some gender inclusive attempts that I hear around the office or just in my everyday life where people say hey guys and girls for example <laughs> so it's, it's a step but um, we can take that step uh, one step further so an important question or something important to remember is that um, using these gendered terms doesn't make you a bad person. Like we don't have to strive to be 100% um, gender um, inclusive, but we can always take one step further and just try in our everyday lives. So um, when you're when you start to question your accent or your actions, that's a good sign because when you question why do I use um, these these words, why do I use this 
um, these gendered terms that can lead to you making a change. That's that's really great because I my view on on us as a company and also looking at our portfolio, I think everybody is super willing to to uh, to get better. Yeah, totally. Uh, doesn't mean that everybody's doing everything right uh, from the start, and it's probably also something that evolves over time. And probably in two years, we'll sit here and look at our expectations to ourselves that we have today, and we'll have completely new ones mm -hmm. um, by then. I mean, like looking historically, it would be surprising if that wouldn't be um, the case. Um, you hosted a brown bag lunch here for all uh, our staff, and the focus was exactly on language and its relation to gender. And uh, I remember one question was exactly what you just mentioned, the use of the word guys when addressing a group. And uh, most of us here are not English natives. You are, I, I'm not. And we see a lot that, for example, in US TV series and movies, that is used like all the time when addressing groups of different genders or even when addressing um, like uh, female groups, they would mm -hmm. still say, hey, guys. Uh, so um, as our English very often is like uh, learned by watching uh, <laughs> like Netflix TV, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, that's where we learn from. So is it okay to, uh, to, to address a group with, hey, guys, or not? Um, my personal opinion kind of goes in kind of in between. So to address the guys thing directly is that um, the English language kind of has a fault that it doesn't have a you plural. And I think everybody, even native English speakers, kind of want to differentiate between you and you plural. So it's totally a fine to ask, how are you today? This can be for a whole group of people or one person, but it just doesn't feel right even as a native person. So somehow we adopted the slang or colloquialism guys. And for us, that just, it's like, it, it was a slang term, but now it almost is used kind of formally, like you wouldn't write it in a text formally. Um, but it is something that worldwide people have kind of adopted. So um, we basically just have, the English language kind of just has to either make a better term that's more gender inclusive, or we need to readopt a new slang term. So. In my personal opinion, I use y'all sometimes, and that doesn't come from like the region that I was in Chicago. Like I didn't grow up learning that formally in any English class. Um, it's something that has a connotation to Southern um, people in the U.S., which used to have a bad reputation because it was seen um, as a negative term, or people who used it were not were used were thought of as more negative. Um, but now, today, it's, the term is being reclaimed. So, like the LGBTQIA community is really trying to reclaim it as a gender inclusive term. Um, so, with the fact of using guys, from how the way I've asked around is that a lot of people don't feel like it's a hard no. Like nobody that I've that I've experienced have said they've been personally off put by it. But it is something that is kind of like a sour taste in a lot of people's minds. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have, have told me that, yeah, I always think about it when I use it. And I always think like, why can't I just use another word? Mm -hmm. um, it's not a hard no, but it's just like also people who don't have the, the knowledge to say, like, what else could I use? And what I've noticed when I've tried to also reroute my language is that it's super hard to, when you've been using hey guys for so long, that's like your brain automatically comes up with that. So it's super hard to basically reroute your language in your mind to think of um, a more gender inclusive term. Um, it's not to say that it's impossible, but it is hard because sometimes you kind of just do it like you like how you're breathing. It's automatic. Yeah. 
interesting uh, to hear about the specifics about the use of these terms. Mm -hmm. When I think about y'all, uh, this is something that I think heard first time, and and I always related to that is on the Beastie Boys "Check Your Head" <laughs> album, where they like it's like every every uh, second uh, text line they're referring to y'all. Uh, I didn't I didn't know that it has a reference or a historically bad bad reputation. Yeah. Um, there's also this use of the word they, even though you address, I think, um, singular or I mean, this is something that as a non-native, uh, I at least, I, I'm, I'm not aware of, of that at all. How would that be used in a sentence? Yeah, so another way to have a gender inclusive um, be, or being more gender inclusive is to use they as a pronoun. So pronoun is she, her, he, his, um, and they, them. There are other pronouns out there, but those are three main ones. Um, we don't often, not a lot of people that we know um, go by they or them, or at least like in, in personal groups, it's often like kind of like foreign for people to use. Um, but it is grammatically correct. There is a debate even among Eng native English speakers that, um, or people who are taught English as a foreign language that they refers to a group of people. Mm -hmm. However, um, I think we we use they as a singular more often than we think. So in the sentence, um, did you happen to see my candidate? I think, or did you happen to see my candidate? Where did they go? They went to the toilet. And it's like, that is something that I feel like people, people use that term often when they refer to one person. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, or like, um, did you contact this person to come to our party? Let me see what they wrote. Like it's okay. just like a singular yeah. use, so it's pretty easy um, to use. All right. I'm, I must admit, I hear from my, as I said, having learned English probably through the Beastie Boys and Netflix. <laughs> uh, I didn't come across that so much, but that is that is good to know. And as I understand from what you were saying, uh, what 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 counts and what's important is it's not so much about the. Uh, scientific, uh, good or bad, right or wrong. It's more about uh, to basically show um, uh, making an effort and going into the right direction and showing that that the that the topic is important to you. So you're 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 trying to uh, or or you're you're doing something to be inclusive here mm -hmm. instead of like sitting on a certain position and just like refuse to to do a little extra step that might make might make a difference for for the person that you address mm -hmm. right okay exactly and something else to add is that um i mean you can use they and as a as a way to not misgender someone when you don't know someone's gender it's just easier than trying to say like oh let me look at their picture what do they look like what can i associate their gender with instead you can just use they but um it's important to also know that some people do go by they and them formally as a pronoun. So um, yeah, be, being able to just put that in the back of your mind that if someone says, hey, instead of she, her, can you please call me they? And yeah. you should probably uh, like question uh, how much of a role the picture uh, should play in the first place, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like the picture is kind of just something that I think um, used to be like formal for German, uh, German CVs that you had to put a, a picture. Now it's kind of just, for me, I like it just putting a face to the, to the character, but yeah, it shouldn't be used for any kind of like gender assumption or gender discrimination. And in the US, you don't put a picture on a CV, right? You're not required to. I always did personally, just because I always felt like it made a personal um, connection instead of, yeah. Okay. Like whenever you see like a, a, a face to the name, um, it gives you like a personal up, I guess. Yeah, okay. In our, in our job offers, uh, we now always state in brackets MFD for male, female, diverse mm -hmm. um, behind every title, right? Yeah. 
So yeah, that happened about February 2019, I believe. Um, that's when it became legal in Germany for um, recruiters to put that because um, in Germany it was legal. It was you could put diverse as a legal um, gender in your legal documents. So that means driver's license, um, passport, things like this. So in order to be gender inclusive, um, recruiters were um, yeah were we had to put it in our title. So. Um, the diverse, or the D can refer to diverse, so anyone who doesn't check the box for a man or a woman in their documents um, and like, would like to be labeled as something outside of that. Um, yeah, it's kind of a general, a general term for anybody who, it's like all genders included. So some companies use X instead, we agreed on D, and um, yeah, my team, for instance, was super ahead of the game, so we didn't legally have to change our job, job requirements, I think, until... Um, a few months later, but once we got the news, we decided to change it right away because we were actually pretty excited about a new step in diversity. Cool. Um, would it be the same or wouldn't it even be better if we would then just like, um, like leave that out and just not state that it's male and then you have to add female and then you have to add diverse, but just like like drop these brackets and just say whatever gender is welcome that's pretty clear so we don't even state a, a gender um, just to say that any gender is welcome mm -hmm. yeah i have two opinions on, about, on that um, which i've been thinking a lot about lately um, for one it's it's legal so you know we would be doing an illegal thing if we didn't have it. Uh -huh. um, another point is that it does give visibility. So there are a lot of companies that I've seen who aren't putting MFD, they're just sticking to the MF. It's been half a year now, or maybe a little bit longer. So if a company hasn't caught up by then, for me, that's a red flag. Um, and for me, it also kind of shows that the company, maybe they don't have time or whatever, but all in all, apparently it's not an important enough topic for them to make the necessary changes. And it's easy changes. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that would be a little, I don't think I would personally apply for a position that right now didn't have um, a D or an X. Um, and that's, yeah, I think a company can be losing um, quite a few people without doing that. So it does give the visibility. Um, My reasons against it is that it's kind of stating the obvious. So it is illegal to gender discriminate um, in Germany. So if it's illegal, then mm, it, there's kind of no point in stating that it's open for these three mm -hmm. because that's kind of the legal standard. Yeah. Um, so if every job has it, there's no change, there's no fluctuation, it's a bit redundant. Um, so it, it used to be legal to gender discriminate quite some time ago. Um, basically, this was when job ads could be, um, you could blatantly in your job description say that you're looking for a man for this job, or this job is only required for a man. We're only accepting male applicants. Um, so when the law changed in order to show visibility, visibility to that, that's why we started putting the MF. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bit outdated. Like, I think we got the point now, but yeah, yeah it still gives visibility somehow and kind of nice at the yeah. end of the day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sometimes something can be obvious. It's still nice to say it, right? Exactly. And to express it and this way, like to, yeah, to, to show the world that, that, that you're open to that and mm -hmm. that, and that, that this uh, part of diversity is also something that you're actually even like uh, really seeking and, and not just accepting but yeah. it's something that you really want. Exactly. Um, 
Back to gender and language in recruiting, what else can we do to express the fact that we are inclusive? Um, this is an interesting topic because I was just talking with my team, um, the recruiting team, and I guess it's not something that just recruiters can do, but um, for us, since we are constantly um, coordinating with candidates via email, um, we can put our pronouns in our signature lines. So once again, the pronouns would look like, um, for example, my name, Molly Barrett, and then in brackets, she slash her. Um, this gives visibility to um, people basically who go by they and them or just people who feel like they have to state pronouns. Mm -hmm. um, they and them isn't right now in our society, basically like this Western European society. Um, they, them isn't such an obvious pronoun, so people who go by that often get misgendered and have to actively say, hey, these are my pronouns. So it gives a lot of visibility to um, non-binary people or they people who go by they, them. Um, this is kind of a way that we can show alliance um, by putting this in our signature line. Um, another point would be talking to your HR team about contracts. As recruiters, um, your job is to get someone hired, and then from then on, HR takes care of it. So if there's only two gender brackets, so on, the, on your formal employee contract, if there's only man or woman um, as, a, as an option to check, we should have a third option. Um, and that's something that the HR team can help you with. Um, preferred name can also be added to the contracts. Um, for some trans people or non-binary people, they have a legal name that's on all of their legal documents if they haven't got it changed um, yet. Um, and of course, companies need need a lot of legal information. So unfortunately, they do have to give their, it's called a dead name, the, dead, the name that they don't go by anymore. Um, but it would be nice to have a preferred name on there so you yeah. don't you know, use the wrong one. Um, Having a company talk, so, so you know, having somebody like me and your company being able to give a presentation and get people talking. Um, yeah, I, know, I understand that not everybody has this, but everybody has connections. So mm -hmm. inviting someone to your company to get people talking or have a formal discussion. Um, one last thing, or at least uh, the toilet situation is pretty easy. We recently just made that situation to change it to a VC. Mm -hmm. um, or just having something, um, if you don't want to have VC, just having kind of like a separate bathroom for gender neutral or gender non-binary or just one that says toilet. Um, yeah, I think leaders or people who are addressing a group in a presentation that where they don't know the audience, um, yeah, leaders have a really big impact on um, making change. So when you're addressing crowds, you can use more gender neutral, um, like hello, such as like, hello folks, hello everyone, hey group, hey team. It doesn't lead it, uh, leave anyone out and it's like no risk. Yeah. And when it comes to the actual um, choice of which gender or gender group that you belong to, I guess it's also a, a good move to like leave that up to the people, probably also aside the actual um, a legal situation, I guess. Um, I mean, like we do now have the uh, the possibility in Germany for people to um, to not allocate themselves to male or female. Exactly. And some do that step with the authorities. Mm -hmm. I bet there are a lot of people who uh, do not see themselves as male or female, but they don't necessarily go to the authorities and change that in their ID card or passport. Uh, doesn't mean that that uh, that situation doesn't apply to them. Mm -hmm. And so if they start working here or anywhere, they sh should still have the right to say, I see myself not in this in one of these two binary pots, uh, no matter what my passport says. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So kind of have, having this option for 
all this legal stuff of the legal name, legal legal gender. I mean, if you can, the people you can re, you can retroactively um, change that. So if you were born at a time where male and female was the only option, yeah. as of today, or okay, as of a few months ago, you can change it. But not everybody has the courage to do it. Not yeah. everybody has the resources to do it. For whatever reason, it does it doesn't always happen. So having a um, kind of a talk with the HR and having something on the contract that represents yeah. you is nice. Okay. Um, beyond language, um, I think there are actual real gender biases that we should address. Um, seems like there's still a wrong relation of certain jobs to genders in our heads. Uh, would you agree and can we avoid that? We totally can avoid gender bias in recruiting. Um, and one suggestion that I have is basically if you increase your awareness um, in your team by having kind of like a team talk and literally just talking about biases. So uh, even aside from gender, what kind of biases do you think, like what, what kind of biases do I use? What kind of biases have I noticed? How can we fix those as a team? And that gets the team talking because not everybody is aware of exactly these subconscious biases that they, that they have. Um, so. Basically, I, I would say doing these kind of like quarterly or bi-yearly um, talks with your team about bias or company would be really helpful. Um, when it comes to like certain jobs and stereotyping, it totally happens. Um, and I feel like it's happened less um, over the past few years. Um, but I mean, there's still some sub subconscious ones. So for example, sometimes I think when you when you have maybe like an office office manager in mind, you think, okay, what does the office manager have to do? They have to lift a lot of heavy boxes. So it sounds like the work for that the best work could come from a man because men are strong. So yeah, let's only recruit men, just reject the ladies. Um, however, there's like a super easy solution for that. And basically in your job description, um, you can just put how many kilos a person has to lift. Um, if a person can't lift 20 kilos, then they're not qualified for the job, and that's, that is okay. If that is a part of the job requirement, it just is. Um, and if you, have, if you have 20 kilos, that automatically turns away a few applicants by default. So people that maybe aren't as strong, um, who don't want to lift heavy boxes or who can't lift heavy boxes, But um, the point is, if you limit it to just men, um, you're not leaving any room for other people. And people will always surprise you. So women and non-binary people can also lift uh, heavy boxes. I had to do some heavy lifting <laughs> in my old job, and I would hate to have thought that I wouldn't be qualified for that job based on my, their assumption of me that I couldn't lift something. Um, yeah. So yeah, kind of like leading, or. It's like, I don't know if it's necessarily um, a trending topic, but it's a topic that I, I'm familiar with is the women in tech. That's really popular these days. Um, and it's kind of like a lot of people seem to be working on diversifying their team because tech is um, a stereotypically male uh, profession, I guess, or a male um, department, so to say. Um, but now we're, we're somehow like the community or like the um, a lot of people are talking about how to diversify that and add women to tech um, and adding women to a previously homogenized team, such as like all male teams can um, give different working styles, different perspectives, different personalities. Um, and yeah, when you have two homogenized of a group, so just like all all men from the same demographic, sometimes it leads to roadblocks or um, inability to problem solve just because all similar thinking. Yeah, during uh, during my civil service back then, uh, when I was uh, 18, um, Germany still had mandatory uh, military service and you can could just like basically um, 
uh, not do that if instead you would do some civil service and mm -hmm. I worked in a kindergarten um, like except the civil service men it was it was basically only women working as uh, kindergartners mm -hmm. and uh, I remember we had back then one man applying and actually even showing up for an interview but it was seen as something that men can't do for for us obviously the the civil service guys working there that felt a little bit odd because we were working there mm -hmm. uh, together with with uh, children and, and and trying to make uh, like to, to help with their education but yeah it was uh, I, I think these biases um, exist not only back in the 90s but still today yeah. uh, and it, it can affect a lot of a lot of jobs and there's probably still really a lot that we can do also talking about uh, women in tech I think it was last week that we hosted a, a meetup exactly to that topic. Mm -hmm. um, Steffi Janke, one of our head-offs in our IT team, um, and Stefan Schulz, our, our CTO, were, were hosting that meetup. We had a lot of sign-ups in the end, uh, only a relatively small number um, of people showing up, mm -hmm. um, which for us is a good reason to actually like go more into that and strengthen it even more because we understand that Uh, this is something that we can really uh, support and really work on because there seems to be um, room for improvement mm -hmm. simply on that field. Yeah, totally. Um, beyond recruiting, uh, what would you say, how can people encourage uh, diversity in their company? What else can we do? So in my opinion, um, there's a big difference between encouraging diversity and accepting diversity. So accepting diversity is kind of passive. It's kind of like, oh yeah, the law changed. Now we have to put MFD to our job titles. Uh, I guess if we get around to it, we get around to it. Encouraging diversity is like is more or is more proactive. Um, so it's kind of this like, how can we make di uh, diverse people feel more welcome in our company? Um, let's let's get gender neutral toilet signs. Let's talk about um, the third gender option in our employee contracts. Um, let's ask employees for their pronouns so we can address them co correctly. Let's talk about biases. Um, And these are some cool steps that I think Project A um, even has by having diversity as um, one of these quarterly topics or um, bi-yearly topics. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's basically like when you're encouraging diversity, you're literally trying to attract that kind of population. Um, if you don't have these steps and have kind of like a diversity hostile environment, um, diverse people are just going to see that and not apply. It's the same thing with if we if we just kept our job description titles to M slash F. That's a red flag and a deterrent yeah. for people yeah. not to apply. But when we see, when we, I mean, it's kind of like when we give light to it by doing these podcasts, for instance, or posting about the gender neutral toilets, mm -hmm. um, yeah, people can say, oh, okay, that's a company I would like to work for. Um, so we're just like, we're, we are encouraging diversity um, in that way. So um, something that I thought was really cool was that I had this talk with my colleagues in recruiting to say, um, yeah, how, how can we make this um, possible for us um, in our team? And um, yeah, some my, my colleagues were really um, were really happy to talk about it. And um, one of my colleagues, Mirella, was very proactive at sending me um, some cool examples of these end caps that job descriptions have. And, Basically, there's a section um, that I really liked in one that said diversity and inclusion. There's a diversity and inclusion part. It said um, something about equal opportunity employer, and they value women, people of color, LGBTQIA+, 
individuals with disabilities and they were also just saying like hey if you don't have a specific degree don't let that stop you from applying you have other skills to add or maybe you've taken other courses something like that so um, takeaway message from that is that all of these things should be common knowledge like of course they can hire me um, because I'm a woman of course they can hire me because I'm a person of color Um, but we don't always think um, it's not always that obvious. Some com- com- companies say when they accept everyone, it's like, oh, we accept everyone, except we don't like that particular group. Um, but we just want the diversity points um, to say that we like everyone because that's yeah. what everybody says. <laughs> um, so yeah, something like that, I think, is something that we are considering for um, including in our job descriptions. And yeah, it just does shed light and really encourage people um, to apply. Yeah. What I... What I uh especially like is this whole point about like um, not only accepting it but really embracing it and it's a I think it's an really an active uh, thing mm-hmm. um, it's I actually had a discussion with with a colleague here uh, a little bit longer into an evening that sometimes happens here at, at Project A and <laughs> it was about the expectation that this colleague was, was telling me that as long as we wouldn't like scare people off, the diversity would just come here. And I don't think that's the case. I think uh, that is something that is worth it. And it's it's also, um, it's probably necessary that you really take an active role in it because naturally about a lot of things, and I think actually company values are a lot about that. Yeah. Um, you, you really want something. Uh, you don't want just like things to flow naturally and move, which sometimes just happens into um, into a direction that is not according to your ideal and according to your values. Mm-hmm. But I think company values in general and embracing diversity in particular really means you say uh, this is something that is important to me and I will do an extra step or I will yeah. do something actively in order to foster that. And then you go and then you do stuff. And that is that is not just like leaning back and say, yeah, yeah, if it comes around, I will be okay with that. Exactly. That's not it. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, based on like I've told some of my friends personally that like of our diversity steps and even my friends are like, wow, what a cool company. Like I want to work for a company <laughs> like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we just have to be accessible for people to know that. Um, and it's not like like there's the company Ulala, which is predominantly like a yeah. queer company and people people know like that they associate that company with queer or lgbtqia i mean we're a venture capital an operation venture capital so yeah. it's not like we have the same the same yeah. uh, assumption but we can have a assumption like that you know yeah so all you people out there i hope uh, <laughs> <laughs> we manage to make it uh, obvious and clear that whoever you are um you are very welcome uh to come here and work with us as long as you really bring the skills that it needs here to make us a better company. Yeah. Uh, but absolutely, you are welcome. Um, thanks a lot for your insights, Sofra Molly. Uh, what's your conclusion? Um, my conclusion is that I want to make it clear that we, we all have to start somewhere with this knowledge. Um, you're not a bad person. If uh, you are using these gender terms, you're just mostly a victim of society because we all do it. Um, but we all have to learn how to not do it or how to get better at it. Um, so, I mean, just by listening to this podcast, you've already increased your own own awareness about gender diversity. Um, and yeah, I will be posting, uh, publishing a Medium article about kind of the onboarding of um, gender non-binary, what it is, what it means, how um, 
yeah, how you can make your language more gender neutral. So you can stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, basically um, just work with your team, work with the teams around you, break the silos um, <laughs> about talking about gender and yeah. diversity for that matter. Okay. Um, well, if you want to get in touch with Molly, with myself or with Project A, um, no matter if you're a talent, if you're an investor or a startup, please do so. Um, you can find us on common social media. For me, that is mostly LinkedIn. Uh, Molly, you mentioned Medium. How else can people contact you? Um, I, I just have the one pending Medium article. But other than that, LinkedIn is a great way to connect with me. Um, my name is Molly Barrett. So Barrett spelled B-A-R-R-E-T-T. Um, yeah, I often or sometimes I share diversity topics and I'm also posting relevant jobs that might be interesting for you. Um, so, yeah, if you want to tune into some of that diversity sharing, then you can follow me on LinkedIn. Great. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening and hope to talk to you soon again. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you did, how about you subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating. Thanks, guys.